Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Good morning, Arizona. We're live here from the beautiful mountains of Sunny Slope. With lots of rain last evening, the mountains look kind of dark this morning. Hopefully next week, with a little more rain, they'll look green. Anyway, happy uh, happy Sunday morning. Beautiful day out there, you know, and it's been fantastic to get this monsoon weekend. And what's even better is our forecast. You know, we've got a couple of days where it's not supposed to rain as much. And then next weekend, it's supposed to uh, push more rain in, suck more humidity. And the moisture is supposed to roll all the way north to Colorado. So everything we can do to gain a little bit in our drought is just wonderful. It's super for the animals. I mean, the desert has been so dry. And you might not see as many uh, coyotes in your backyard or as many little bunnies and critters because there'll be something to eat out in the desert. Anyway, happy Sunday. Beautiful morning out there. This is the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. And we have Julia back for this weekend. She's here smiling on the phones and music. You can give her a call at 602 277 That's 277 KTAR. We could talk about the landscape. And we can talk about fixing my headset. There it goes. It's working again. And uh, so whatever you'd like to talk about, just give us a call. 602-277-5827. We start off the program with pretty open phones. We end up, it's a little tricky to get in. And so if you would like to be on the program and you're listening now, if you've got a question, a suggestion, an idea... Something different you're growing at home. Some new style, some different plant to grow. We would love to hear from you at 602-277-5827. Yes, it's been quite a break. You know, we had our normal hot summer, and we rolled into a especially nice monsoon so far. And it's hard to beat. It's, uh, you know, just the time of year when it's supposed to happen. When it really does happen, it makes quite a difference. And so we're, we're seeing that out in our desert now, but we're seeing it even more so up in the mountains. You know, uh, California's in trouble, but here we're, you know, relieving most of our chances of forest fires with daily showers in the evenings. And, uh, you know, certainly they're not, they're not abnormal, but they're very much welcome. Anyway, uh, we'll start off with Lucille. If you'd like to be up after Lucille, give us a call one more time, 602-277-5827. Good morning, Lucille. Good morning, Brian. I certainly hope you can give me some hope today. Uh, I, I planted a Mediterranean palm about 45 years ago, mm-hmm. and I've let it grow up to about six trunks, uh, and it's about uh, the... The trunks are between 10 and 20 feet tall, <laughs> and um, all of a sudden, instead of going more vertical, they're starting to go horizontal or leaning toward toward uh, the ground, and uh, I'm, it, I, I just want some hope that I try propping them up a little bit, but they're, they're pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. Well, Lucille, you can prop them up if you like to, but that's pretty much the nature of Mediterranean fan palms. You know, and basically it's, uh, you know, as we get a little older, you know, that gravity kind of catches up with all of us, and it does the Mediterranean fan palms as well. I would imagine the center, you know, arm or two is still pretty vertical, and then the side arms really kind of start to lay down, you know, and naturally they kind of eventually hit the ground and spread a lot wider, and uh, it just depends whether your area can accommodate it or not. There are some old ones 
down at the uh, at the little arboretum place that they have down at in Cano Park that are really old. You know, I don't know how old, but probably as old as the park. And, and that's happened with them as well. But uh, well, how old do Mediterraneans usually live? Well, I think they'll outlive us. You know, there, there's a lot of uh, debate on how long palm trees live, and uh, Mediterranean fan palms, I'm sure, will live over 100. So I, I'm sure they're going to outlive us. But but their character changes with age too. You know, okay, so, we get bags uh, on our eyes and wrinkles. You know, and Mediterranean <laughs> palms get kind of heavy, and they start to lean down and hit the ground. Um, uh, I keep the uh, little puppies. Come, uh, well, you know, if you plan on living another 20, 30 years, what you might want to do is start letting a few of those come up close to the main trunk, maybe one in between each arm, because what's going to happen is the main vertical trunk is going to stay vertical. But the trunks yeah, yeah. and the arms that come out to the sides, they're going to get heavy and droop. But if you would let some new young ones, new shoots start in between those others, and maybe leave two or three or four of those to grow, uh, you know, keeping the others pruned back. Um, yeah, my main trunk, uh, all of them are like in a circle, and they're all leaning over. I don't seem to have a center one. You don't seem to have a center one? Yeah. Um, well, I would pick a couple favorites, okay, and plan on those being there, the ones that are the most vertical. And then the others, I would let the shoots grow back in between. Okay, because they are a suckering palm, and that's kind of how they'll produce more arms. And so I, I would let a few new ones start to grow because if, as you lose some, if you've got some new ones coming up, uh, then you know life can replenish itself, and you'll have new shoots and a more balanced palm tree. Well, do you think that I should cut some of those that are leaning clear over off? Well, Lucille, I'll tell you what the best thing. If you can send me a, a picture, I'll tell you what. Just hold on the air, and I'm going to have Julia take your number, and then I'm going to have you text me a picture after the program, and I can give I, you better I'm advice. I'm not able to do that, Brian. I'm well, 90 years old. I don't, I'm legally blind, and I don't know how to do all of that. I bet, I bet you can give Julia your address, though. Oh, I can't. Okay, so hold on, and we'll, 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 we'll I'll, just give her your phone number, and I will give you a call after the show. Okay, thank okay, you. Hold on. Uh, let's see. Next, we've got Richard in Peoria. Good morning, Richard. Good morning. How are you? Good, sir. Yeah, so uh, we planted about 80 uh, on-down top seeds in order to make a hedge. We planted about a foot, two foot apart. Uh, the landscaper put uh, two gallons an hour. Uh, What's a good watering schedule for a hop seed during this time of the year? How long ago were they planted, Richard? They were planted in the fall, October, oh, okay. of last year. So ideally, what you'd want to water them now, Richard, and um, you know, I, I would just program the timer to do so is twice a week, and that's going to keep them growing at their fastest year. So twice a week, and and keep that up for the uh, rest of the summer, and go to once a week in October, mid October, and uh, you could cut them down okay. to once every two weeks if you wanted to in December, January, February. What's the watering duration? Well, well, it's the time I can't tell you because I know what don't know what size of minerals you have on them. But basically, what you want to give them right now is about two gallons of water each time you water. Okay. All right. Thank you, sir. Have a nice weekend. Bye bye. Uh, Let's see. Next up, we've got Neil in Sun Lakes. Good morning, Neil. 
Good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm having a problem with my orange jubilees and um, yellow bells. Okay. I can't seem to get them to flower. Well, they cycle in different cycles, okay? So they finish the big, you know, spring cycle bloom, and they're going to come in and bloom again. And, and they will bloom again. If you want to do any pruning, this would be a good time while they're not in bud. It's easier to prune them when they're not in bloom. Prune okay. them a little bit, and, uh, you know, af- after this monsoon, you know, backs off a little, you'll have new blooms in the next month. Okay. Would Super Thrive help them? Uh, Super Thrive is good for everything. It's like taking vitamins every morning when you get up. You know, so a little bit of Super Thrive is not going to harm or, you know, really go- be necessary depending on, you know, what your diet is, like with you with vitamins. But uh, it never hurts anything, you know, so it's it's good. If you want them to bloom more, you might fertilize them, and you could do it right now, and you could use a higher phosphorus fertilizer. Um, you could even use miracle Grow, or you could use uh, Super Bloom, or just a 1620. Okay. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks, Neil. Bye-bye. Thanks. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Tim and Peoria. But after Tim, we've got wide open phones for the first time this morning. We're going to take a short break. While we're gone, you can give Julia a call at 602-277-5827. 277-KTR. It's Julia and Brian here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Sunday from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM, KTAR. like the monsoon was a little more dispersed, you know. Awfully nice uh, here in central Phoenix last evening. Anyway, we've got a couple lines open. The number to call, 602-277-5827-277. KTAR, give Julia a call with your questions, suggestions, ideas, and we would love to hear from you. Uh, next up, Tim in Peoria. Good morning, Tim. 
Hey, good morning. It's a beautiful day. It is. It's so my question out. is um, on planting uh, vetiver grass. Um, um, it's a good time of year. Is it uh, a, a good plant to put around trees for uh, the to break up the soil underneath, uh, et cetera? What do you think about? What type of grass was that, Tim? Vetiver. Uh, V-E-T-I-V-E-R. I've never heard of it. So where, where does it come from? Where have you seen it? Uh, well, uh, it was on YouTube, um, and then um, um, the Garden Nerd had it, a good um, uh, section on it, and then I picked uh, two or three up at uh, uh, Shameless O'Leary's. Uh-huh. Um, but it's supposed to be uh, a plant uh, like a tall grass, and the roots go down four or five feet and help supposedly help break up the soil um, uh, underneath, especially if you're in a caliche or hard clay area to help the root disbursement. Well, it sounds better than Johnson grass. Um, I'm not <laughs> I'm not familiar with it. And, uh, you know, the only thing I would say when you're planting a plant next to a plant, you know, the, you, the benefits I would see from anything you'd want to plant next to a young tree might be the fact that it would shade the trunk. Um, and I'm not, you know, familiar with this particular plant, so I'm going to have to. And Seamus is a friend of mine. He's a nice guy. Um, but I would have to uh, do a little more research on it. And I haven't seen it used. And so I'm really not, not familiar with the plant. But I'll tell you what, I can tell you more about it next Sunday. <laughs> okay, maybe I'll call back. All so, right. If I could ask one other question. Sure. Uh, my fig tree of about three or four years old, uh, last year had big, juicy figs, and this year they seem to be about half the size and just not growing. How's the foliage on the tree, Tim? It's good. Uh, green. I uh, just watered it yesterday, even though uh, I've gotten quite a bit of rain. I kept it on the cycle. Uh-huh. Um, but... Uh, uh, yeah, the tree looks good. There's some figs on it, but they're just not growing as big as last year. You know, what I've seen to make the biggest difference in figs is cow manure. And, um, you know, this probably wouldn't be the best time of year to apply it. But if you'll work in a bag of cow manure around your fig tree every year in January, for, and it seems to be magic with figs. But uh, okay. it really, really works well, and it helps build the soil. You might try another form of, like, organic nitrogen right now. You might even work in just a light dose of chicken manure, not too much. You know, and the nice part about that is it's slower release nitrogen, and it's got uh, a lot of phosphorus in it and could be uh, pretty beneficial to you as well. Um, the, the difference is between coop chicken manure that you're going to pull out of your coop and the one that you buy, grant, you know, the pelletized type, is that nitrogen is a lot different. So, you know, with the pelletized type, I would be safe to use right now. If you're going to use it from a coop somewhere, be careful not to put too much on. Okay. All right. Perfect. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for your advice. I'll yeah, and, and I'll find out about that vetiver grass. I'll, I'll, I'll be enlightened next week. Perfect. All right. Thanks, Thanks. Tim. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Uh, Jim in Phoenix. Good morning, Jim. Hey, good morning, Brian. Thank you for taking my call. I had a quick question. I'm uh, up to have a house up in Lakeside up the White Mountains, and during a construction project uh, on a native pine tree, the, uh, uh, the construction folks uh, cut off a limb right at the uh, trunk, uh-huh. and it's just been oozing sap. And this has been going on for about a year. Uh, just trying to figure out what a good way is to stop that or reduce that. You know, Jim, that's the norm, and I've seen them, you know, ooze sap for two and three years. Uh, you know, if you wanted to, you could cut that 
that limb back off again and take some. And I wouldn't do it this time here. It would be best to do it in the wintertime and just seal that with that tree tar, you know, type stuff, the black type okay. that you put on with a spatula and go ahead and seal that limb up all the way around the cambium layer. And uh, like I say, I wouldn't do it now. It's just going to bleed worse probably. But if you'll do that this winter, I think it'll seal it up for next summer. Okay, super. Great. Uh, thanks for your help. Thanks, Jim. Bye-bye. Uh, Tom and Mesa, good morning. Good morning, Brian. Yes, sir. Yeah, um, I'd like to plant some asparagus. What is the best time to do that? Well, you can plant asparagus just about any time, but usually the best time to do it is going to be more in the fall or early spring. You know, and it's a permanent crop, so it uh, can be planted either time. Um, if you had some, you could find right now to transplant. Or if you had a friend that had some asparagus, you could just cut some off at the ground right now. And especially with this warmer weather, you could just dig out the, you know, the roots and, and transplant it back into your garden, and it would be fine. Uh, it's not something you're going to find commercially available this time of year because it's not the norm. Okay, so it comes out in late fall or so? Well, you can plant asparagus in the fall or the spring, either one. You know, and asparagus, okay. what it takes is it takes about a year to build up a decent bed, and, and then you cut it and start harvesting asparagus. And, you know, this is a time of year when you can let it just grow and it builds a lot of energy. Then you cut it back again in the in the fall, and it'll generate a lot of new shoots. So, you know, you can cut it any time of year, and it'll grow here in the valley. That's the nice part about growing asparagus here in the desert is you can harvest just about year-round. But, um, you know, if you want to get some, if you had somebody that had some, you could go dig some clumps out of their bed and cut it off the ground, plant it right now, it'd be fine. But you're going to find it more available in the fall. Okay. Um uh, what kind of soil should I use? Just fairly well drained, you know, so it, it uh, doesn't really like the mesa. A lot of mesa has pretty heavy clay. So if you had a heavy clay, what you want to do is just amend it and you could add some sand to it and some organic material like a compost. And you want to till it down to about a depth of 10 inches or so and just work it up so that it's basically like a mound. And if you'll do that, it'll, it'll run right through the mound and root down into the clay and be happy. Okay. One last question, if I could. Uh-huh. Um, I put pre-emergent down in this uh, late fall and early w- late winter, and uh, spurge is just still taking over the my Bermuda grass. Is there anything I can do? Well, Tom, not this year. But what you can do next year is to kill the rye grass in April and put pre-emergent down in April. I take it you're going to plant a winter lawn again this fall, right? No, no, I don't plant a winter lawn. Oh, you don't? Okay. No. Um, then what you could do is you could put pre-emergent down, you know, pretty much in September, January, and the next year just add another dose of pre-emergent in May. And the pre-emergent, that way you'll eliminate all of your seeds in your lawn for all of your weed seeds. And these are all annuals. Spurge is an annual, so it dies in the wintertime. So you can right. quit fighting it in December. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the way it was so warm last year, it grew all the way through November. But that yeah. pre-emergent that you put down in January, it's going to stop it from germinating. But I would put it down again in, uh, like, late April or May. Okay. All right. Thank you very much, Thanks, Brian. Bye-bye. Right. Uh, Paul in Loving. Good morning, Paul. Good 
Yes, good morning, Brian. This is Paul. Um, I had a question regarding my grasses here because uh, I had a beautiful uh, winter grass, nice and thick, and I don't know what happened to my summer grass. It just didn't come out like it usually does. And I even had my landscaper not show up about two weeks ago because I said, there's no grass uh, to mow. So I don't know what happened. I always have a beautiful uh, summer grass also, you know, Bermuda. So do you know what might have happened? Paul, how long has your lawn been in? Oh, God, years. Okay, years. <laughs> that's good <laughs> enough. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to yeah, know exactly. You know, it just comes out automatically. I do have to plant, you know, my winter grass uh-huh. every year. So and that's probably coming up around uh, October or September. Paul, is there, is, there, is there any grass there at all now? <laughs> is, is there any grass at all there at all now? Any what? Any, yeah. any lawn at all there right now? No. Is, no. It, is it dirt, or I mean, you have a little bit of grass? Uh, a little bit. Okay, here, here, here's what I would do if you want to if you want to kind of get it coming back. I would aerate it right now. Okay, so have your lawn guy, or you can go run an aerator. Go through and aerate it right now. Put gypsum down on it right now. Okay, and uh, go ahead and throw like the best fertilizer would be like a malargonite, something that's going to build the soil. So do or, or you could use uh, twenty one seven fourteen regular lawn fertilizer, and if you'd aerate it right now, put some gypsum on it so it's going to drain better, and then hit it with some uh, fertilizer. It's going to grow, and then I wouldn't plant your ryegrass until mid October or late October. Okay, so give the Bermuda grass a chance to start coming back out, and then if you're going to plant your rye lawn, go ahead and plant that mid to late October, and then next year in April, shut the water off your rye grass and let it grow for a couple weeks and when it's kind of getting a little wilty and and tall don't mow it then scalp it and uh, the bermuda grass will come back out the thing is with our new rye grass it just lasts so long the bermuda doesn't get as much of a chance but we still have plenty of summer left and long enough days and enough heat to work on your bermuda right now so working on your bermuda is going to be aerating it putting down some gypsum and fertilizing it and it'll probably start to fill back in and it's great growing weather especially with this humidity and the Bermuda yeah, should really come back up. about three weeks ago just to see if that would help, you know. Well, go ahead. So, he, he needs uh, to aerate it too, Paul. A little bit, you know. Yeah, he needs to go ahead and run an aerator and aerate it too. And that cuts little plugs in the soil and helps the drainage, okay? And that's what the gypsum does too. It helps open it up. And then at the same time, if you just have common Bermuda grass, you could throw some more seed on it right now. You have plenty of time for it to come up. And uh, But I would... I would work on the soil first, so aerate it, put down some gypsum, and uh, if you want to throw some seed down, throw some seed down, but we've got another two and a half months of really good Bermuda grass growing season, and let the Bermuda grass enjoy it, so don't plant your rye grass until after the 15th of October. Okay. All right. Well, try that. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. Bye bye. Oh, it looks like well, it's about news time here. So we're going to take a quick news break and we'll be back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. In the meantime, you can give Julia a call and she is here at 602 277 5827 277 KTR. We're very fortunate to welcome Julia back right now. And we noticed that when she shows up, we've had a week of rain coming. We've got a week of rain growing. So she's our rain 
Indian princess. So, you know, with Julia's hair, we're sure that she's the one that brought the rain. We'll be right back after we hear from Tony in the news on the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show. Here every Sunday from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM KTAR. Up preachment, dear friends, you're about to receive on John Barleycorn, nicotine, and the temptations of Eve. Was happy and I had a good wife. I had enough money to last me for life. I met with a gal and we went on a spree. She taught me to smoke and drink whiskey. Cigarettes and whiskey and wild, wild women. They'll drive you crazy, they'll drive you insane. Cigarettes and whiskey and wild, wild women. Cigarettes is a plot on the whole human race. A man is a monkey with one in his face. Here's my definition, believe me, dear brother. A fire on one end, a fool on the other. Cigarettes and whiskey and wild, wild women. They'll drive you crazy, they'll drive you insane. Cigarettes and whiskey and wild back, folks, on this beautiful Sunday morning here from live from Sunny Slope, Arizona. Let's see. Uh, next up, we've got uh, Michelle and Casa Grande. The lines are full. So as one's gone, one will open up. You can give Julia a call at 602-277-5827. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning. Did can you get you much rain? Up? Very well. Did you get much rain yesterday in Casa Grande? Oh, finally. <laughs> Well, good. We're glad it hit. I need your help with something. I moved here six years ago. Well, I have two questions. I have a horrible... I found out your ants are very nasty. <laughs> well, we have some mean ants. You know, you live here in the desert, especially in a drought. you got to be tough. Yeah, yeah, I'm learning that because our little black ants, I came from California, they just mind their business like, yeah, you're here. Oh, wait a minute now. Wait a minute. You can't, you can't say those little Argentine ants that go into your kitchen and climb all over your furniture <laughs> and eat your children while they sleep, that those are pleasant. I, I agree. They only stink when you stomp them and they don't bite, but I would take our biting ants over those anytime. You know, when my children were young, they used to go in the backyard and they would talk about the biting ants. And those are our southern fire ants. That's our native one. And they're a lot meaner, but they certainly don't invade a house the way Argentine ants do. Oh, they don't. Okay. But I'm trying to learn. Uh, I have a rock backyard mm-hmm. and I have a southern facing backyard and I'm trying to grow vegetables. Okay. And every time I go out there, they are like, I see lines. I see them all over. They're now made a nest underneath my mesquite tree that I had planted because there was nothing back there. And it's really hot with a southern-facing backyard. 
and they're like taking over. Okay, and so really, is there any way to control them without poison? Because I have, as you heard, two small dogs. Well, the poisons, the dog shouldn't be bothered by the poison at all. You know, what I would do is I would set up a, an Amdro station, okay? And if you want to keep the dogs away, you could get like a big rock and just put the Amdro under a rock, you know, a few feet from the ant mounds, and they'll come to it. How do you spell the Amdro? A-M-D-R-O. Okay, and it, okay. it is a toxic poison, but it's a bait they're attracted to. And because of the genus of ants that they are, you know, they're very aggressive in feeding on kind of products that smell like meat. So it works very well. And you want to really go after them right now because now that you've had the first rain, this is the time of year when they're going to fly and mate. So you want to kill them today. So today's the perfect oh, time to do I it. Was- I was inundated my um, garage light, you know, when you pull in how it lights up your car. Mm-hmm. There were winged, I think they're the winged ants. Well, like, there's ants and termites. Like and, they're swarming. Yeah, everything waits for this, this season, okay? So you really want to bait that big colony right now in the backyard. And uh, okay. the, the nice part about the southern fire ants is you'll have three or four big colonies. So if you go through and just bait those, and if you're worried about your, your you know pets with, with any kind of a poison, cover it. You know, let's put something okay. to cover it. Like I say, a big rock, you know, an old metal type garbage can lid with it underneath with a rock on top works great. And you can put it just the okay. best place to put it just right around their mound. And you probably won't eliminate them the first go around, but two or three you will. There's a lot of other organic ways to go after ants, but you don't have time. You need to get them today. Yeah, I was trying to use DE every time it rained. I'd, I'd you know, uh-huh. shift up the soil, and then they all come out, and then I'd sprinkle, but it, it seems like they're growing faster than because now, every time after it rains, they're popping up more mounds in mm-hmm. the backyard. Well, and there's another poison called Talstar that you could use to drench their nest, too, which works pretty well, uh, but I would just get some Amdro bait. They're very attracted to it. It works exceedingly well. They're going to be very aggressive today as it dries up. And, uh, you okay. know, you could knock the colony way down with one application today. Okay. Is, is um, that... Is like a corn base or something that attracts them, or a sugar well, base? It, well, it's more of a meat base because that's that the, the base oh. the base product, but it's got more of a meat type smell to it, and that's the attractant portion of it. You know, it's I don't know what it's actually made of. It might be the base part might be corn, but the other part of it is uh, going to be a meat base because that attacks those varieties of ants better. And uh, okay, but but get out there and get on them today because today's the day, and they're really going to be feeding as soon as the sun comes out. You know, and it really warms up here in the next couple hours uh you're going to have a lot of ants out foraging you know this is the, you know mother nature's telling them, hey it's time to party reproduce and go eat and so they're going to really come out and forage and uh if you can get them today you'll knock the colonies way down if you, if you don't kill them you'll control them and then a couple more and applications can at, you can get can a home get depot home you can depot. get our lows you can get okay. any nursery i mean you can get it anywhere and uh, it's a very yeah, common i wish there was a nursery out here yeah <laughs> well the, there well, there was but there the, unfortunately the owner, a friend of mine, passed away. But um, uh, no, you can go oh, to Ace yeah, Hardware Lowe's. Yeah, You're talking about I'm talking about the yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, he was my teacher back at CAC when I first got here. Well, a wonderful man who gave a tremendous amount to the community. Michelle, mm-hmm. Michelle, yeah. thanks for the call and have a nice day. All right, you too, dear, and thank you so much. Bye bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we got Art and Surprise. Good morning, Art. 
Yeah, good morning. Thank you for taking my call, you and Julia. Yeah, we have yeah. Julia back, little Halita. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was flipping through the channels, and I heard your voice, and I'm, I'm so grateful. So I'm newer to Arizona. I'm not used to this desert landscape or these trees. So I'm from Colorado. Mm-hmm. And so I just, for the 4th of July, had a ficus tree planted in the front yard. And so my two questions is this. Mm-hmm. Well, the comment first. It has been dropping a lot of leaves. Okay. And not sure how long the shock lasts. And then, uh, so that's question one. Question two is, kind of like the color that just dropped off, is it common to have ants on the uh, trunks and the leaves. Well, it is. You know, ants go up and they feed on different little insects on plants and like more so under her mesquite than your ficus tree. And your your new ficus tree being planted, you know, with this type of weather is going to really recover. So you planted it. It was really hot. We had two or three weeks of very hot, normal July weather after that. And now we're having a monsoon, which is a, a fantastic monsoon because it's a, a lasting monsoon. So, you know, this is all, all normal. It's normal for your ficus tree to drop more when it's new and planted because it came from a nursery hanging out with all of his friends and now it has to go stand alone so you know that that's all that's all good and uh so your ficus tree you want to err on the side of being fairly wet you know on a fight what size tree did you plant art it's about a 12 footer okay so like a 24 or 36 inch box and so yes you know realistically it needs to be watered twice a week fairly heavy okay this time of year because it's new and if you want to give it a real light dose of fertilizer right now because we have the monsoons, you can. And uh, But, okay. you know, half or a quarter of a normal dose. So whatever the bag says, how much to put on, go real light. Okay, And then you can do it again in a month. But, you know, if it gives a little something to grow on right now with this weather, it's going to really respond, bud out, and grow tremendously. They love 100 degrees with 85 degrees, you know, 85 at night and 80% humidity oh. some days. I mean, that's all wonderful for a ficus tree. And uh, well. it'll really come out. Out. And the ants we already discussed. Right. Yeah, I just heard that. Okay, thank you. And lastly, you always have the greatest music for your intro. <laughs> well, we have that a lot of fun. Neat. You know, Julia, it's, it's yeah. nice having Julia back with us this weekend. And uh, <laughs> we've worked together for a couple of years, and she's fantastic. I love it. It's very entertaining and educational. Thank you for all you do. Thanks, Art. Bye-bye. Uh, Rich and Gilbert. Good morning, Rich. Good morning, Brian. Um, can you hear me? Very clearly, sir. Okay. I had, uh, but uh, less than two years ago, I planted a lilac vine. Um, it's got a southern exposure. It's on the wall. Um, it has a lot of white leaves on it. What's going on? It got sunburned when it was hot. You know, it just went through a, a tough, you know, time back there in July. But right now, it's going to pop some new growth again and come and start to fill back in. You know, the hardened virgie or lilac vines are really hardy plant. And uh, But everything in the sun that doesn't get to move around, I mean, if you were out there tied to a wall, you know, and didn't get a move, life would be a little yeah. rough until we had this thing called monsoon. And now okay. it doesn't have the lumens. It doesn't have the really bright, intense light burning it. It takes advantage right. of the humidity. Humidity, and it's it's a good deal. Okay, all right, thank you. Hey, one more question. I also at the same time planted a couple of plumera plants, mm-hmm. and 
they've been awesome, growing really well. Uh, right now, they're, they're, you know, they still have you know growth on them and whatnot, but underneath, you know, it, they're all brown. Is that just a normal transition? Well, the old leaves are going to they're going to lose some old leaves and things, but plumerias love, in especially this weather, uh, they think they're in heaven. You know, they're they're a plant that originally came from the Caribbean, so they do take bright, intense light like we have. Uh, not moving them from the shade to the light so much, but um, yeah, they're they're just a wonderful part of it. But they will do the lower or older leaves should start to fall off. Okay, yeah, yeah, like the underneath growth, like, like the vine portions are all a lot of it are brown. So mm-hmm. like, is it dying? No, they they'll drop off if you wanted to prune the old leaves off. If it's one in a you know real area where you have a lot of traffic and going to really see it a lot, if you want to prune the sure. old leaves off, go ahead and do it. Oh, okay, okay. I think that's what it needs to. All right, Brian. Thank you. Thanks, Rich. Bye, bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Roe, David, and Gilbert. Hi, David. Hey, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, my Bermuda grass, I've got just brown spots all over there. I've put some Bermuda seed down, but it doesn't seem to take. What can I do? Well, let's look and see and find out what the problem is, why there's brown spots. Uh, there's two primary causes that are common here. One is pearl scale. So if you'll take a shovel and go out and dig up the edge of where the grass is turning brown, if you see what yeah. looks to be like a little orange BB in there, that's pearl scale. And it kills Bermuda oh. grass, and it'll spread through a lawn. It'll stay there until you get rid of it. And the way to eliminate the pearl scale is by making the lawn more acidic. So what you would do is you would take the lawn and cover it with soil sulfur. So disperse that across the entire lawn. And then get some, like, uh, there's one product called Alkaliche, which is an acid. Uh-huh. And it, you just spray it on through a hose-in sprayer. Or you could use muriatic acid. But what you want to do is you want to drop the pH down below 7. And the pH of most lawns here is in the 8.4 range. So dropping the pH down below 7 is going to kill the pearl scale. What also helps is our rain because our rain is going to come in with a, yeah. a balanced pH. And uh, that's going to help a lot, too. The other thing that could be causing the same problem that looks similar as a fungus, and we have a lot of soil funguses this time of year as the humidity comes up. And the fungus, what you'll do is you'll dig down. You won't find the pearl scale. And if you go look at the outside of it, edges of the grass will turn kind of silver, and the, the rhizomes or the runners will be kind of mushy. So if you go out and find the mushy rhizomes and, and it's just kind of dying away, uh, then you would treat it with a fungicide. One way we found to treat that recently that's worked pretty well is a product called Monterey Disease Control. And what it is, the bacteria that eats fungus. So you would spray that on your whole lawn, and the bacteria would reproduce and, and consume the fungus and eliminate the problem that way. Okay, well, I'll look and see what I can find and see what I can do about it. Well, I well, appreciate you taking my call. The, the other you. case, if you don't find anything, just oh. aerate it, throw some gypsum on it, and feed it. Uh, and the, the other yeah, crash. I was thinking, you tell the other guy to aerate it. Mm-hmm. Maybe just aerate it, because I don't know if I see any of the... Well, if you don't see those problems, if you'll aerate it, throw some gypsum on it. Now, there's, there's always, if you don't see any problems, you want to have a beautiful lawn. And, and if you're getting a lot of pressure on getting that lawn beautiful, uh, just just order some sod and lay some new sod in. You'd probably want yeah. to take a sod cutter and cut the old sod out. But this is the perfect time of year to plant sod. And, uh, you know, especially if you don't have a lot of square footage, uh, sod is by far, on a smaller lawn, less expensive, less time-consuming, and a lot easier than trying to work on a lawn that's kind of needs to be rehabilitated. 
Yeah, we're moving to artificial grass now. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, you can do that. That's it's just it, you know the we're artificial grass. It, it, well, it depends on what you're going to use it for. You know, if you're going to be out there barbecuing yeah. and have kids playing the lawn, you know, the ten, you know, twenty five hundred square foot of grass in your yard is the same as a ten ton air conditioner. So where you're going yeah. to be using it, you know, real lawn is very efficient and very useful. Yeah. If it's just going to be something to look at, you might think about artificial. Well, no, we got three uh, uh, active labs, so yeah. So they probably like the grass yeah, and go lay on it. They won't be they laying do. on that artificial the way they do a real lawn. No, it gets too hot. Absolutely, <laughs> David. Thank All right, you. Brian, well, thank you for taking my call. Bye bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have a line open. The number to call is 602-277-5827. It's Brian and Julia here every Sunday with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show on 92.3 FM KTAR. should have planted that tree five years ago because we're remembering how hot it is today. You can buy time at Whitfield Nursery. Yes, you can go back in time and plant a larger tree and have shade now. We don't just sell 15-gallon trees. We sell trees all the way up to 72-inch boxes. We have trees 30 feet tall that are 20 years old. If you want to plant a tropical garden that looks like you've lived in Jamaica, maybe you want a vacation to the tropics you want to bring some home. We have beautiful mule palms, great Mexican fans. We have all kinds, Bismarckias, date palms. If they're palms and grow here, we grow thousands of them at our nurseries around the state. We deliver plant and guarantee. We're licensed, bonded, insured, and now is the perfect time to plant citrus trees. So whatever your dreams are, whether it's a Mediterranean garden with citrus, if you want to have some tropics, maybe you want to put in a beautiful desert tree. You know, if you planted an American mesquite right now, you'll get two foot of growth between now and the end of the growing season. It's quite a bit. So if you want to buy a little time, come out and see us at Whitfield's. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley in Guadalupe, or 2647 East Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. Whitfield Nursery for four generations, growing trees here for Arizona's future. Back to the phones. We've got Ronnie and Chandler. Hi, Ronnie. How you doing, Brian? I got a couple of questions. Um, my Brazilian peppercorn is turning brown leaves and dropping a bunch of leaves. Okay. 
Well, it was the heat before the humidity. Okay, and Brazilian peppers are a little finicky here. I mean, they're they're like a noxious weed in Hawaii and Florida, and they grow like crazy in California. And here, there are some beautiful ones, but they're not the easiest tree to grow. Do you have it in lawn or rock or what's around it? Um, just there, but there's pavers probably not far from it, but it's against the wall on the south side. So there's a wall on the south side of the tree or on the north side of the tree? Yeah, on the south side of the tree. Okay, so that's going to give a little bit of break there, too. So, you know, it's probably going to recover right now. This is, this is you know, great weather for it. It's gonna, it really likes this tropical weather far better than it did back in June and July. Uh, how long have you had it planted? It's been in the ground probably about six years. Okay. So you might give it a sometimes real life. It looks great, and sometimes it doesn't. Well, that's a Brazilian pepper growing in Phoenix, and that's not, that's not unusual. You know, <laughs> if, it, if it were an area where it was a little more protected, if it had shade on the west side of it, it would probably be do better. You know, we see them in lots of different kinds of areas. But, um, you know, this is just the kind of, kind of year you can't do very much to it. You don't want to kick up the water or anything crazy. You know, if you water it deep once a week, that should be fine. And it should start to recover cover and put out new growth. Have you fertilized it at all? No. Okay. If you you could fertilize it now, but very sparingly. Okay. So it depends on what you'd want to use. If you want to use like a citrus fertilizer, be pretty good or, or 15, 15, 15. But if it has, what? How large in diameter is the trunk? Got multiple trunks. They're probably about I don't know, maybe two and a half, three inches. And there's okay, and there's two, or, multiple, three, two uh, or three of them. Uh, okay, four or five of them. Four or five of them. Yeah. So what you could use is like if you used a citrus fertilizer, just like one cup. Okay. Not 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 a regular full dose for the caliber size or anything like one cup of citrus fertilizer in and around it and hose it in so it's got a little something to come back and grow on and uh, just on a regular watering cycle at least deep watered once a week. Do you water with drip or how do you water? It has drip, but every once in a while, every about three weeks, I'll put a, a soaker hose on, you know, let let it run okay. for a day or so. That, I mean, that's great. That really does help with that. Pushes the salts away, and that's fine. And the drip shouldn't need to run any more than once a week if it's an established tree like that. Okay. Okay. Okay, I got another question. My gardenias uh-huh. slowly started going brown. Okay. I tried the coffee and whatnot. <laughs> they ended up dying. So I want to replant. What do I do with the soil? Well, plant you a know, different type of gardenia. The what, what I would do is I would plant a Miami Supreme gardenia. And the difference between a Miami Supreme and a regular Vichai, which is the common one we grow here, it's grafted and it has a Thunbergiana rootstock. And it's far more salt tolerant in the net, than it makes the plant also more sun tolerant. So you can put a Miami Supreme Gardenia like on a southern or eastern exposure, and it'll bloom really well, and it'll be much hardier, and you won't be fighting like you are growing a regular Vichai Gardenia. The Miami Supreme? Miami Supreme. All right. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Ronnie. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we've got uh, Cheryl, uh, Sherilyn and Waddell. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? Oh, very fine. Thanks for asking. We have a, a Lisbon lemon that we planted in 2000, and it used to give us so many lemons we didn't know what to do with them, but now it looks like it's dying. It uh, doesn't have hardly any leaves left on it, and the fruit is really small, and we've uh, put some Monterey disease control on it. My husband fertilizes it several times a year, and we have flood irrigation every two weeks. Okay. 
so what can we do for this lemon tree? We don't want to lose it. Well, is the, is the foliage, you know, pretty full down to the ground? No. Okay, how high is it trimmed up off the ground? Well, we had it down to the ground, and then some guys came over and trimmed it. Okay, and that's... And we, that, wrapped, that's, we, we wrapped the trunk, so... Yeah, but, that, but that, that's what's hurting it, okay? Is that when the sun hits the trunk, it cooks the bark, and it can't grow like it used to. So the best yeah. the best thing to do with that lemon tree, you can prune the top off a little bit right now if you want to, but would be next year in February to butcher it. And, you know, cut it back to where it's about 10 to 12 feet tall, no bigger than that, and let the shoots yeah. come out down below next spring and really fill in. Now, if you fertilized it, you know, and you're out in regular flood, it might start to pop some pretty good foliage right now. But all the foliage that comes out down below, everything above a foot off the ground, let it grow. Okay. okay. And let it grow back into a full bushy tree, and then it can protect itself. And when it protects itself, it's happy, and it'll put out more blooms and more fruit, and have a better year next year. Okay, well, try that. Thanks All right, thank you. Bye bye. Well, we got that music starting, and that's Julia telling us it's time to find out what's happening from Troy with the news here. We are, you know, news talk station here on uh, KTAR, so you can give us a call during the break. We do have two lines open. The number to call six zero two two seven seven five eight two seven. We'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show on this beautiful Sunday morning. I hope you're enjoying our monsoon weather. It's uh, one of the nicest monsoons I can remember in recent memory, and uh, it certainly is well after the, the heat we had a couple summers ago. But, you know, I think the real panacea at all is we have Julia back, and she's bringing the rain. We'll be right back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show.